Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Seth Disner. Seth, welcome back to the hot seat, sir. Thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm shocked you'll have me back on, but I appreciate the invite. Well, you know, uh, any port in a storm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my motto. No, 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 no. Always a pleasure to have you in the hot seat. Um, tell everyone who may have missed out on your previous uh, uh, appearances uh, who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, so my name is Seth Disner. I am uh, professionally, I am a psychologist, mental health professional, uh, but I, I, uh, I, I dabble in trivia, obviously. Um, I, I've uh, been a contestant. You may remember me from such episodes as when I talked about my Teen Jeopardy experience. Teen Jeopardy is the, the level of Jeopardy where people are impressed until they watch the show and then they become less impressed uh, because it's not actually all that difficult. But uh, no, it was still uh, still pretty nice. And uh, this is uh, my fourth appearance uh, in the hot seat. I think I'm one away from the jacket, uh, which is pretty exciting. Uh, so I look forward to that. But uh, I, I, there's been a, um, a pretty steady downward trajectory of my performances so far. And uh, so I've been recalibrating and I'm prepared to, uh, to, <laughs> to see what you have to throw my way. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'll, I'll coordinate with uh, Jessica Lee and Todd Svensgaard and see if you guys want to start a five-timers club when the time <laughs> comes. But uh, <laughs> it's out of my hands. I'm like the Lorne Michaels. I, I, I Nothing to do with it. <laughs> All right. Well, let me explain to you uh, once again, remind you of the rules of the game. And perhaps uh, if you're listening for the first time, this is your first time hearing the rules. Uh, welcome. And where have you been? Uh, there's going to be four rounds of four questions apiece. In each round, I will let you know the categories in order they'll be using for that round. Before I read each question, you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth. Get it right. You get the points. It is just that simple. There's also going to be a halftime bonus worth 10 points at the end of the game. Uh, Seth, you'll get to build what we call the confidence question. Your last chance to try and improve your final score, but I will explain all of that nonsense when we get there. We cannot get there until we kick that nonsense uh, off. Are you ready to go, sir? As I'll ever be, for sure. Excellent. Well, as always, the point values available to you in the first round, one, three, five, and seven. Here are the categories we're going to be using for today's game. Kicking things off with everybody's favorite category. Say it with me. Only in Florida. And then we'll proceed to the mashup, following that up with movies, and wrapping up round one with science. Only in Florida's up first. One, three, five, or seven, Seth. What say ye? So I'm actually, um, I feel about as good about these categories as I do about any categories, which makes me mad at you for putting these in round one. So thank you very much. Uh, I will, maybe you're trying to get me accustomed to the hot seat. Uh, but Florida, I've never lived in Florida and I rarely go to Florida and I, I'm a pretty sane person. So I don't really think in a very Floridian style. Uh, that's right, Florida, I said it. Uh, I'm gonna go with one point. All right, one point, uh, easing your way back into the uh, swing of things as it were here. This question will be read to you in a moment, but I do want to remind you that this is our alphabet season, and as such, all answers today, unless I say otherwise, will begin with the letter D, D for Disner. Yay! How nice. Completely unplanned, but it's a lovely fringe benefit somewhere, unless I say otherwise. There will be a D leading off your answer, leading off the game here is Mookie Wilson. Oh, no, no, no. That's a Met game from the mid-1980s. Only in Florida at one point. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. While eating dinner at a Tampa restaurant, Neldine Molina says she suffered 
$1.5 million worth of damage when she was assaulted by what? Okay, so uh, Tampa restaurant. So, so assaulted by something that begins with a D. Uh, dog would be a little too easy, perhaps, a little on the nose. Not very Floridian. That could happen anywhere. Uh, I, I, I enjoy this category because it forces you to think about sort of the most nonsensical possible option. So um, uh, Tampa is, is coastal, and uh, there, there may be some situation wherein the restaurant had perhaps a, uh, a nautical theme. And I'm going to guess, given their playful nature, that it's possible she was assaulted by a dolphin. So uh, purely a guess, but Florida is a weird place. It seems like a very Floridian thing to be assaulted by a dolphin mid mid meal. Indeed. So dolphin is your answer, uh, and that's not to say that it, I wouldn't find it incredibly hilarious if uh, you know while she was uh, dining at the restaurant, Dan Marino came up to her and slapped <laughs> her across the face. Because I would give you credit for that if that would have been the right answer. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, twas not a dolphin. So here's the deal: she went to this restaurant. Uh, and it's a, a bit of a chain, uh, although I was unfamiliar with it. It's called Hamburger Mary's. And one of the quirks of the Hamburger Mary's uh, restaurant is that uh, they put on a little show that would make RuPaul proud. <laughs> they have drag queens performing. And so drag queen is your answer. Apparently, uh, Neldine Molina was uh, eating her fish and chips. All right, I'm going to stop right there. You're at a place called Hamburger Mary's. You ordered the fish and chips? Seriously, she, lady? She's asking for it, I guess. No, I'm she's not, not victim blaming. That's not really very fair. No, but I mean, <laughs> I question her judgment already. No, apparently uh, the drag queen uh, came off the stage, uh, walked around uh, to interact with the customers, which is what this chain is known for. So you're supposed to be expecting uh, some sort of interaction. Uh, and uh, went up to Neldine and did a forced motorboating. Oh no! Yeah, that on yeah. her on her uh, faux breasts. Active I, consent, AJ. Active consent. I understand that, uh, and I'm not saying that she has no right to be upset. But 1.5 million dollars does seem a little extreme. <laughs> All I'm saying. Aww, I don't mean to laugh at the pain, but I kind of do. <laughs> well, uh, I cannot give you the points, but hopefully, I gave you a little bit of a smile there. Uh, <laughs> I do feel warmed up. Indeed, mashup will be next. Let's uh, let's see if we can uh, get things back on track. A uh, little red meat into the mix here. Uh, mashup three, five, or seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna step it up this round. I'll go with three. Three points for mashup. I mean, it's like if you went to to Wendy's and you ordered sushi. I mean, like it's what? No, it, uh. three points for the mashup question. Seth, <laughs> good luck. Here's your question. After firing their coach. Due to yet another losing season, this franchise opted to go with a stranger route than most, hiring a child actor who they believe has that it factor to turn the team's fortunes upside down. Oh, boy. So firing their coach, there's, there's not a lot to, to go on from this. This is a tricky one. Um, uh, another losing season, teams that have been known to have losing seasons, Clippers historically, not a, not a D team. Uh, Denver Nuggets have not been particularly good, but let's say uh, I, I imagine you're not. Um, well, maybe this is the wrong way to go about it. Maybe the child actor with the it factor. Ooh, let's see. Uh, this this is going to be a struggle because I think Daisy Duke comes to mind. But that's not an actor; that's a character and not a child. But so 
So this is, this is uh, the challenge is that I could think of a million child actors, but this D is really limiting me for the time being. Oh, I'm going to have a fun time with this phrasing today. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's still a, it's a new experience. We're, we're still early in the alphabet, and I, I find that a lot of people find it restricting, even though it does save you from giving a, a wrong answer. So, you know, if you'll permit me a, a, a brief sidetrack, so I'm, I'm a psychologist study these things. There's a psychological phenomenon called part-set cueing, which is... Which is uh, a, a very uh, interesting kind of counterintuitive phenomenon where if you give somebody a very small part of the list, it makes it actually harder for them to recall the rest of the list. And I feel like that's what you're doing here, AJ. It's very, very, uh, very clever. Uh, firing the coach after a losing season. Uh, who, so maybe there's a team that just fired their coach after a losing season. Uh, the Dolphins did just fire their coach. Um, they just hired a new coach who was the former coordinator or quarterback's coach from the, the Patriots, I believe. I may be losing track of that, but I'm going to go with the Dolphins for the time being because I just can't shake Dolphins. Uh, the, the actor who has an it factor, the, there's um, the one of the more um, charming members of the uh, Upside Down crew from Stranger Things was Finn Wolfhard. So this is not very defocused, but I'm going to go, <laughs> going to go with, for lack of anything better, uh, Dolphin Wolfhard. <laughs> The uh, Miami Dolphins did indeed uh, recently fire coach Adam Gase, uh, sent him a kick to the curb, but it's all right. He landed on his feet and in the same division. AFC East just continues to just rotate around the coaching staffs. Uh, so Miami Dolphin, you said Dolphin. It was the wrong answer last time. Miami Dolphins is the right answer this time. The actor from Stranger Things, who I said team would like to try to turn their fortunes upside down, a reference to Stranger Things. He's in It. Finn Wolfhard put it all together. Miami Dolphin Wolfhard. No uh, Correct, sir. Well wow. done. Wow, that was unanticipated. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I I love this show, and I'll never understand it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Movies is next. Keep the ball rolling. You got a five. You got a seven. Uh, I'll I'll go incremental on this round. Uh, so I'll go with five points for movies. Five points for movies. Good luck. And here is your five-point movie question. Uh, George Romero was king of the zombie movie, including directing six different films in his Of the Dead series. To get your points, name the three D words that start film titles in this franchise. So there's there's two of these that I feel confident in, and I imagine these are the two that most people will feel confident in. And and so I imagine that's why you chose three as the answer you're going for. Uh, I feel confident that there's Day of the Dead, and I feel confident that there's Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I'm glad you're not asking me to put them in order. I believe Dawn was first. It doesn't actually matter. The question is, what sort of what sort of unit of time or measurement can be uh, starting with a D? Death of the Dead doesn't make much sense. Um, perhaps Delivery of the Dead? No, that doesn't make any sense either. So I'm going Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and that's worth two-thirds of the points, but that's not how this tends to work. I, I'm, gonna, I'm pulling a total blank, so I will go with uh, Delivery of the Dead. <laughs> delivery of the Dead. <laughs> Ding-dong, Delivery. <laughs> well, the reason that I asked for three is because, quite frankly, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. I think most people probably will get that one. Day of the Dead. Sure. <laughs> Those are the easy two. Yeah. Uh, there was also uh, the original Night of the Living Dead. Uh, land of the dead his most recent one before he passed was called survival of the dead kind of ironic that Aww. and uh a film uh, was fairly recent film in which uh, a whole bunch of college students decide to make uh 
kind of uh, POV documentary of their lives. And uh, so the zombie apocalypse starts and we see the film kind of through found footage and the diary of oh, the dead. Okay. Oh, that, that sounds uh, not particularly original, but perhaps interesting. We'll see. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst film I've ever seen. And Fair trust enough. me, I've seen a lot of bad zombie films. <laughs> uh, kind of my jam. Uh, you are in a bit of a jam having uh, not gotten that one right, but seven points. The highest scoring question is still left. Science is up next for you. Are you seven ready? Seven points for science. I am ready. Good luck. And here is your seven point science question. In 2008, a 40,000-year-old tooth discovered in a Siberian cave led paleontologists to the conclusion that many modern-day humans are descendants of what newly named ancestor hominids? Um, oh boy! The fact that it was a tooth suggests to me that the there is some sort of interesting tooth component to this. The the newly named hominid might be so. So, if it was forty thousand years ago, this is probably still in the kind of the Homo the Homo erectus Homo habilis kind of range. This was not as so far back as to be Australopithecus. Some sort of derivation of you know, dent, like dental kind of jumps to mind because of the toothness of this. And there's perhaps something, maybe they developed the flat molars to eat eat plants. I don't know, something along those lines. But uh, I, I've not heard of this, but I am a, I, I consider myself a scientist of sorts. And so I, I have a sensibility about naming things goofy Latin names. So I'm going to surmise that the name, which I have not heard of, was something along the lines of, um, would it be Homo denticus or Homo... Dentata, that's a whole other thing that we're not going to get into. Um, this is a family show, AJ. I'm going to say, I actually took Latin for many years in my life. I think I took a grand total of seven years of Latin. And I'm hoping that my Latin teacher, who I'm friends with on Facebook, is not listening to this podcast because she would be horrified that I don't know the proper conjugation of, of whether it would be dentata or denticus or dente. I'm going to I'm gonna go with, because it's homo... Habilis uh, erectus. I'm gonna go with denticus. I I can see the logic there. Certainly, <laughs> I, I cannot poo poo the logic. Uh, so this was more of a uh, a name that's based primarily on the location rather oh, than any kind of feature. For a long time, the uh, scientists thought that uh, you know it's pretty much just us and the Neanderthals, and uh, then they found this little offshoot that uh, they probably, this group of hominids lived with the Neanderthals, perhaps uh, shacking up with them on, on some level. There was there, there had been like uh, one of these things where because they're in Siberia, they're kind of like, you know, isolated, they were able to kind of like evolve a little bit differently and, and form their own kind of species there and then kind of just died out over, the, over time. But yeah, we are looking at a group that will be Homo Denisova, they think, but for now they're just calling them the Denisovans. The Denisovans. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gotten that. I did enjoy my little trip down Latin memory lane, but that didn't help me at all. No harm. No. No foul there, uh, <laughs> whatsoever. You did not get that one. You did not get zero in the round. However, you got a spanking total of three points. I know it's not necessarily something to write home about, but uh, maybe you'll phone home about it. And <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that three points in the first round would have been my highest first round total uh, in the past couple episodes, so I'm pretty content. Sweet. Very cool, very cool. Well, we are going to move on to round two very quickly. Uh, point values, as you know, are going to increase to two, four, six, and eight. Categories, well, we're going to get a whole brand new batch of them, starting off with literature. 
And then moving along to Who Done It, followed up with Around the World, and we are going to finish up first half and round two with analogies. But first things first, a literature two, four, six, or eight. You know, I uh, th- this is this is a a fun set of questions because they're they tend to be more broad. All your categories are pretty broad, so I don't feel very very confident. I'm going to go with uh, four points for literature. Four points for literature. Good luck. And here is your four point literature question, uh, written by exiled Soviet author Alexander Solzhenitsyn. In the 1960s, what novel outlines the tedious existence of a prisoner in a Stalinesque gulag? Uh, so, uh, Soviet literature, not my forte. I uh, have family members who are experts in this domain, and I wish that they were here with me now, but they're they are not. Uh, we already have diary come up, which makes me think it's not a diary. Uh, so, I will I will put put that out of my mind. No, this is this is not one I'm going to be able to pull. This is uh, lacking lacking any any strong semblance of uh, of knowledge about Soviet literature. This is one of those quizzes. When I see it available, I always kind of skip over Soviet things. Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that it's the um, Daily Bread, which is as good a guess as any for the name of a, a sad story of gulag life. As I sit there in the gulag. In my confines, waiting for the sound of the trolley coming down the desolate <laughs> hallway, bringing with it my measly crumbs of daily bread. What an upbeat chipper story. <laughs> uh, you know, the actual novel's not much better than that uh, in terms of just, it's just, it doesn't take long. You just pretty much, you follow one prisoner from uh, from when he wakes up in the morning until he goes to bed because the, the point of the novel is that uh, every single 24 hours is the same 24 hours. Nothing ever changes. It's the same old, same old. Uh, I read this novel in high school, which is why I was familiar with it. You mentioned the diary before, not quite diary, but spinning off of the Denisovans, it's not surprising to know that in a Siberian gulag, you would read about one day in the life of Ivan Denisovich. Hmm. Okay. That actually does ring a very vague bell, but there is no way I was pulling that. Well, some of these are not to be pulled, like (laughs) teeth. (laughs) All right, let us quickly, quickly put that behind us. Forget it, forget, forget, forget. Uh, who does next? Two, six, or eight? I'm going to go uh, a, a little more a little more bullish on... Oh, no, actually, I take it back. Very much less bullish. I'm going to go with two points on who done it. All right, two points, who done it. Good luck, and here you go. In the 1970s, he was the youngest ever mayor of Cleveland. As a member of the House of Representatives, he tried in vain to get both President Bush and Vice President Cheney impeached. Who done it? So I actually do know this one, and I'm a little bit frustrated that I went on the, with the lowest point total because uh, this this person. It's funny you said mayor of Cleveland, and my first thought was Jerry Springer, who was of course mayor of Cincinnati, not Cleveland. But no, this this person uh, is a <laughs> he. So my my wife, um, whom I love dearly, uh, is is uh, really just a, a big fan of his. She finds him to be very charming, and um, and certainly was a was an enjoyable character in the lives of many kind of uh, liberals in the early 2000s when his repeated efforts to run for president. Assuming I'm thinking of the correct person, I'm fairly confident this is Mr. Dennis Kucinich. So I'm going to go with Dennis Kucinich as the uh, answer to this question. Dennis Kucinich kind of uh, looks like he uh, got the uh, hair dye in a can and hand uh, painted <laughs> his uh, <coughs> toupee. No, his hair, his hair color, his natural hair color. Uh, yeah, there's not much more I could add to this. Dennis Kucinich is the correct answer. Well done, sir. Thank you. Dennis Kucinich, by the way, who has like a smoking hot wife. And I, I don't, I love it. I love that element of his life. It's just like something, some, some one of these little pleasant little joys of life to know that Dennis Kucinich has, <laughs> uh, has apparently some mad game. 
Two points. Who done it? Well done. Huzzah. 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 Well, let us uh, expand our horizons from the general Ohio area and move out to around the world. You have the two highest scoring uh, questions left. Six and eight. What are you going to do for around the world? Uh, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, go with six. I think the world's a pretty big place, so I'm a little less confident in this, but uh, I'm still feeling pretty okay. Okay. Well, let's see what you can do with around the world. Though most of the one-time worldwide British Empire has since gained its independence, there are still a total of 14 British overseas territories. One such area is made up of two military bases on Cyprus, Akrotiri and what? Oh. <laughs> okay, the territory is on Cyprus, and it's made up of, and it includes military bases, and you're asking me about this military bases, and I'm guessing that this is a more common phenomenon. It's not just you're asking me about like the, the military infrastructure of the British Empire, but I don't know much about Cyprus. Goodness, this was a poor choice of my six points. Um, Actually, given that you already uh, only had six and eight left, perhaps it was the wiser <laughs> choice of the six points. I've, I've, every choice I've made up to this point has led me astray. D, I'm trying to think if there's maybe a reference from like Greek mythology that's based on Cyprus that has a D name. I mean, Cyprus isn't Greece. It's, it's So this would be a complete and total guess. I, I don't like to fold, but I have no, no real ends on this question whatsoever. Uh, except to say that acro is sort of vaguely Greek sounding. So deco teary, let's say deco teary. That might be just the, the structure of the words, but, uh, but, but no, no confidence whatsoever. Fair enough. So uh, yeah, this is not one of those uh, tip of your tongue questions by interest of imagination. This is a really hard geography question. It's just one that has kind of sort of been in the news lately with all of the, uh, you know, the constant uh, NATO talk of leaving NATO and uh, the strife in the Middle East and Turkey not letting us use their bases for certain things or flyovers and just all this nonsense. Uh, what gets lost in the equation sometimes is that, uh, yeah, British Empire still... Uh, Still has this little area of Cyprus, and Cyprus is kind of pissed about it. <laughs> but uh, it's just two military bases. Uh, the rule is that they're not—they're just—they're not allowed to like uh, do anything that would imply that they are uh, attempting to populate the area, um, you know, or, 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 or kind of put footholds there. Sure. Uh, it is run by the de facto president uh, of, of of this nation, uh, Major General James Illingworth. <laughs> And uh, this is the fine, fine uh, territory of Akrotiri and Decalia. Okay. Well, the good news from this question is that I think I got my new rap name, which is Major General James Illingworth. Uh, <laughs> word, word, what, what? <laughs> That's it, it, it. I didn't get six points, but that might be worth a whole lot more. Uh, uh, indeed. Uh, licensed to Illingworth, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> eight points is all that's left you. Analogies. Are you ready, sir? Sure thing. All right, good luck. Here's your eight-point analogies question. The Simpsons is to Fallout Boy as Barbarella is to what? Okay, so I am a big fan of The Simpsons, and I am aware that Fallout Boy was... Uh, the, the band took their name from the character uh, Fallout Boy, who was a sidekick to, uh, to Radioactive Man. So... The the idea here, I'm assuming, is that there's a band that took its name from an ancillary character stemming from this TV show, which is helpful. Except that I have like no clue anything about Barbarella. <laughs> I am I am completely and totally at a loss. So I guess the question would be to think about 
uh, is there perhaps a band? Uh, I don't even like, I couldn't even tell you what genre Barbarella is. I have like, I have zero frame of reference for that. It perhaps, I'm gonna work under the assumption that it's somehow related to like Happy Days or something like that. Cause or I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of like, Welcome Back Cotter and like Barbarino, that's a different thing entirely. Okay, so I'm showing off my millennial status here and not knowing a lot about these shows. So the, the answer I, I assume is gonna be a band, uh, a band whose name starts with D, that's helpful. And that uh, will have some sort of reference. Well, okay, so this is probably not it, but I know that Danger Mouse, who is half of the of the Gnarls Barkley tandem, that was a cartoon character. But I don't know if there's any car- connection with the cartoon character and Barbarella, which I have again no reference for. But it, it was a character, and it starts with a D, so I'm just gonna go with Danger Mouse. Okay, Danger Mouse. I, that always makes me think of Courageous Cat and Minute Mouse, actually, <laughs> or Danger Mouse. Very different cartoon. I've actually discussed on a previous episode. I won't repeat it here. Uh, so you are correct in uh, the figuring out the connection between The Simpsons and Fallout Boy. They asked the crowd, what should we call ourselves? And someone shouted out Fallout Boy. Uh, and they liked it and they used it and they had no idea of the Simpsons connection at the time, but you know, they since embraced it. How can you argue with their success? We know who they are. Uh, <laughs> Barbarella is a really bizarre film. It is a 1960s sci-fi film it stars uh, Jane Fonda. And uh, she's basically traveling the universe in search of a scientist uh, wearing as shiny and skimpy an outfit as possible. <laughs> uh, that doesn't you know, sound familiar, sure. It's not quite Connery and Zardoz, but it's not far <laughs> off. Uh, and the name of the scientist who she's trying to find, what was taken, that character's name was taken and uh, turned into a very uh, popular band uh, for Mr. Simon LeBon and company. It is the Duron oh, Duron. Okay. I haven't seen the movie. Don't want to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that was there goes my eight points uh, I, uh, I, I I got half the analogy right I wasn't totally lost at sea I appreciate that indeed and you know Jane Fonda I guess in Barbarella was a girl on film so it all worked <laughs> alright well you got one question in round one you got one question in round two uh, let me. I mean, I could use I could use the fingers for this math. So hang on a second here. Uh, it's not it's not like adding zero, but uh, three plus two, five five points. As we roll into halftime, uh, I'd give you a D so far. How you feeling? Hey, that's 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 you know I've earned it. Yeah. All right. Well, look, there is still plenty of time left in the game. It really is. The point values are going to increase uh, for round four. So still plenty of opportunity to get points. And it's time for a halftime bonus. Our only partial credit question of the game. Here's how things are going to work. I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about your answer to the question while we pause for a little break. You can go to the bathroom. You can uh, read a book you can light your hair on fire i don't really care what you do as long as you come back in one piece really (laughs) it's a long way of me saying i'm going to read you this question and you're going to take some time to think about it and then we'll come back and hear if you get the right answers here's the question according to the united states social security administration in 2017 eight out of the top 250 most popular names for girls began with the letter d For two points each, I'd like you to name for me any five of these eight names. Take a little bit of time to think about your answers, and we will be back to hear what you've got to say, Seth, after the break. (laughs) 
If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron, just like Brendan, Alex, Kintad, Mary-Kate, Ross, Karen, and Guillaume. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Seth Disner. And when we last left Seth, he was sitting on a whopping five points, no shade, and working on the following halftime bonus question. According to the United States Social Security Administration, in 2017, eight out of the top 250 most popular names for girls began with, coincidentally enough, the letter D. How fortuitous for the D episode. For two points each, I have asked Seth to name for me any five of these eight D names. Seth, whenever you are ready, what have you got? Okay, so this is why this is shameful. There's several reasons why this is shameful. But this is a 2017 list. I had a daughter in 2018. So in theory, you would think that I was familiar with the names, girls' names in this era. I also have a son who's five years old who you know, goes to school and has a million friends who are girls. So you'd think that I would be well-versed on the names of girls of this most recent generation. And I can think of like none that actually apply to children. All I can (laughs) think about are, you know, D names, but like my generation or older generations kind of counting on perhaps some of the older names coming back around again, or I don't know, that doesn't seem very likely. So I I picked names. These are all women's names or girls' names start with D, but it's very possible these names all got played out in the you know, 70s and 80s and are now out of style. But we'll find out. The names I went with, Danielle, uh, Denise, Diana. Those are sort of the kind of more sort of classical ones. Uh, and then I figured, Diana, you know, Wonder Woman was popular in the 2016 or 17. Perhaps there was some residual stuff there. Um, then I was trying to think a little bit more of uh, kind of leave the classical domain a little bit. I kind of thought about like Deborah. My, my grandmother's name was Devorah, but I don't think Devorah is coming back anytime soon. So I, I tried to counter to add a little bit of um a slightly non-normal or not not normal these are just different names but i went with uh desiree as one and for the last one uh i've been playing a lot of super smash brothers lately and there's a character named daisy in that so the daisy came to mind immediately so uh danielle denise diana desiree and daisy okay those are all girls names (laughs) thank you (laughs) and they all start with d so uh, well done (laughs) oh boy oh no all right, so I am going to go from uh, lowest on the list and work my way up the list. Uh, they don't go up all that high, to be honest with you. So uh, this was not an easy one, to be sure. Anyone out there who's laughing, uh, going, oh, this is so easy. It, it, no, no, it's not. Uh, coming in at the very bottom of this list at number 250, I don't personally know anyone with this name but uh this was what a name that we knew about in when i was in elementary school because uh, we our attendance was taken by using cards with this name there were boxes on them and the teacher could just scribble in absent in the boxes uh but you had to uh make sure you sat in the right seat as it pertained to your delaney card delaney uh and coming in at number 245 on the list I have never heard of this name in my life. Uh, it's, it's a lovely name, but I just it's news to me. It's Deleza, D-A-L-E-Y-Z-A, the 245th most popular name. Go figure. Okay. Uh, then at 233, at least at least I know uh, famous people with this name, so <laughs> or famous person. This would be a state-related name, and it is Dakota. Oh, sure. 
Sure. We all know Dakota Fanning. Uh, coming in at number 230 on the list, a very popular name, uh, whether you are uh, an Amazon uh, on an island or uh, just trying to blend into society and don't want to be discovered as an Amazon from an island. <laughs> that would be the wonderful Diana. All right. Two points for you. Well done. At 227, a name that actually I would possibly have guessed. I can't say probably, but I possibly would have guessed. Uh, it is very popular. Uh, and picking up steam, uh, although it's only number 227 on list, but still, I know a lot of girls who are named Destiny. Oh, sure. At number 196, um, because this list uh, does not go deep enough for me to know whether or not variants are listed separately, I am going to give you uh, a partial credit for this one, one point, at my whim, but uh, you said Danielle, the name is Daniela, it's close enough for me to give you one point because you did not get it exactly right, but I'm giving you one. I appreciate your generosity. I'm nothing if not generous. <laughs> I am a kind but benevolent, <laughs> but strict, but harsh taskmaster overlord. Uh, coming in at number 170 on the list. Surprising to me, although, uh, you know, heck, uh, if The Great Gatsby could be a big hit, then... I guess this name can get back in style. And of course, your video game uh, example probably makes a lot more sense. Daisy. Uh, right. Daisy is correct. Uh, the last name on my list and checking in at number 102 on the list. What's, where's the hate for the letter D coming from? I don't know if a lot of parents out there, you know, if they got married and uh, put on the plain white tees, is there is their <laughs> marriage song, <laughs> first dance song. But uh, hey there, Delilah. Delilah is uh, the top D name in the u.s in 2017 so two correct one half i'm giving you five total points added to the five you came into halftime with and hey we are at double digits 10 double points digits. huzzah all right i'll take it Woo. you know that okay i feel slightly vindicated i i was concerned i was gonna go over uh but uh but no that's that's not too bad i like these names these are fine names i'm very partial i should have said this at the top of the show i'm very partial to the letter d uh, it's it's my I would argue my favorite letter, and so it's nice to see that I'm not letting it down totally. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> my connection to D, uh, and I mentioned this to you earlier, but uh, Disner. I went to Duke University, so you can go ahead and boo me now. Uh, I'm a fan of Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm I'm a dad, so I hear daddy a lot. It's just a it's a it's a nice letter for me. So I'm glad that I'm not totally bombing. Sure, and you know it's not your fault that the last letter is an R and not a Y, and you're not incredibly wealthy as a result. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, boy, it wouldn't would, does me no good. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, you're going to Disney World. There actually is a, a Disneyland website. I'm very partial to. I recommend people go check it out. It's a it's an artist community, and it's it's great. Disneyland. Okay, artist community. Okay, okay, not because you know you send anyone to a website that they're not familiar with it you know <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> i'm not endorsing nothing Fair that was my guess all right 10 points round three is ahead in the second half the point values well they stayed the same at two four six and eight but the categories they be a changing here's what they be a changing to we're going to kick things off with audio hodgepodge which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle moving after that to history following that up with music and we are going to wrap up round three with sports but first things first audio hodgepodge two four six or eight uh for audio hodgepodge i'm gonna go with um six why not it might might might, uh might might work out well for me all right six points audio hodgepodge here's how it's going to work i'm going to ask you a question when i'm done with the question i am going to play a little clip for you and hopefully when you're done listening to the clip you will have the correct answer to that question here is that question of which i speak Trivia questions were a part of, though 
not the main focus by any means of this television show heard in the clip. What is it? It's time to make some egg drop soup. Who would like to make the soup? You want to make it? You step right up over there. Brett, you come over here, have a seat right on the floor, Indian style, facing your friends over there. Robin has a cup, which she will put on your head. Up here, we have soup with a ladle. We have egg, of course, to make egg drop soup, some noodles, and over here, we have some fortune cookies. I'll say go. You have 15 seconds to get any portion of the soup, one egg yolk or a portion thereof, some noodles, and a fortune cookie in this hat. You can use your hands, absolutely. That's what we would like you to do. Do you have another part of the body? Oh, this is great. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I feel pretty confident in this question. And, and AJ, I've been, I've been known to, uh, to besmirch uh, you sometimes by saying this show sometimes has a focus on, you know, kids who may have been raised in the 70s or the 80s or thereabouts. But uh, every now and then you get us 90 kids represented, and I really appreciate <laughs> that. So this, this would be a show that I uh, watched a lot of growing up, uh, that that voice of Mark Summers is very recognizable to me. This is uh, a show. Actually, they just rebooted it, and I'm very excited. I get to show it to my own my own kids. Uh, this will be Double Dare, uh, so I'm going to go with with Double Dare. Double Dare is your uh, answer. Uh, yeah, Mark Summers was uh, kind of uh, iconic as the host of this show. And you basically, if you did not know the uh, really difficult answer to the, tri- the trivia question, which was not that difficult, you would dare. And then the other team could double dare you back. And then you would say, oh, I still don't know the answer. I will take the physical challenge, which was something really <laughs> stupid and silly, like what you just heard in that clip. I cut it off before it, it might have gotten really dirty there. I don't know. <laughs> what, what else would you use other than your hands? I didn't want to hear the answer to that question from uh, from a young child. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> indeed, Double Dare and all its incarnations. Uh, if you said Family Double Dare, if you said Super Sloppy Double Dare, as long as you said Double Dare, you uh, get it correct. That uh, was one of the first uh, ever episodes of the show that I pulled it from. I try to try to at least be historical, if not hysterical. Uh, well done. Six points for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. History is up next. Two, four, or eight. Uh, I'm going to, oh boy. So so between history and sports, usually I would say sports is one I know best of, but of course I know full well what uh, what a, a beat my guest sports question looks like. So I'm going to go with eight for history. Eight points for history. Good luck. Here is your eight-point history question. The first ever anchor baby born in 1587. Uh, we have absolutely no idea about anything that happened to her after she was nine days old. But what was the full name of this daughter of Ananias and Eleanor? Oh, boy. Okay. Well, that was eight points well spent. Um, so <laughs> Ananias and Eleanor. So, so 1587 s- suggests that this was uh, sort of Roanoke Colony or thereabouts. I think that was early 1600s. I guess Anchor doesn't necessarily have to be in the U.S. It could have been somewhere else, but but I don't know where else it would be. There, there was this is certainly not something I know, and the degree to which I can sort of intuit 16th century girls' names is is pretty poor. Um, but I'm going to uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say going going back to my list of girls' names earlier. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll say uh, Deborah Davidson. I got nothing. <laughs> Deborah Davidson. Uh, well, I mean, Davidson is in North Carolina, so uh, and and technically, the uh, Roanoke Colony, which is indeed where uh, this uh, comes from, is actually believed to uh, 
even though it was at the time a uh, part of the state of Virginia, it, it is now known that it's actually part of North Carolina where the actual colony was supposed to be, but it's not there anymore uh, <laughs> because that is the whole thing where it just magically disappeared. Uh, the only uh, trace uh, was a, a, a carved into a tree was the word Croatoa. Yeah. And uh, nobody knows what happened. The grandfather of this baby uh, returned back to England to uh, kind of report back. And uh, by the time he came back, uh, everybody was gone. So he has no idea what happened uh, to his granddaughter. But uh, generally, generally speaking, uh, this is well known in trivia as this is the first baby born in the United States by, by a colonist, you know, someone colonizing it. So not quite the United States, but the first baby born in America. Uh, and her name uh, taken after uh, the place they thought they were or were at the time. Her name is Virginia Dare. Oh, yeah. No, that, that has definitely had been an answer to a trivia question that I've gotten wrong in the not-so-distant past. So, uh, okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if I just asked who was the first baby born in America, you know, it's... <laughs> still probably wouldn't have gotten it. But oh, no, I wasn't pulling it. Music is up next. Uh, we have a two. We have a four. You know, the funny thing about the music category, and I've been on this show, thankfully, enough times I can begin to kind of plot my own performance, is that I almost always wager the least possible points. And I think I've gotten like all three of them right. Uh, that said, I'm not going to learn from my mistakes or, or lack thereof. I'm going to go with two points for music. All right. Two points for music. Good luck. And here is your two-point music question. What song from the 80s contained the following lyric? Hey, baby, do what you want. I'll be your night-loving thing. I'll be the freak you can taunt. Uh, okay. Um, so, uh, as I alluded to earlier, I am a, a, a child born in the 80s, but raised in the 90s. And as such, my 80s music knowledge is sadly a little lacking. So I'm, I'm, I guess I probably chose wisely on the point total. Uh, night-loving thing, freak you can taunt, suggests to me that this is probably... Uh, <laughs> I, this, is, this, this sounds like a pretty fun song, perhaps more like a, like on the hip-hop side of things or, or, uh, or, or, or that angle. The, the thought that's coming to mind, which is, uh, starts with the D, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact name. So there's the, it's, it's the Do You Want Me, um, uh, Don't You Want Me, Baby. I have not got to sing for you, AJ, but I'm trying to remember the, so I know that song, I can hear that song in my head. I, I, and I could definitely generate the person who sang that song if I had more time, but I don't. But I'm gonna, I think the song is called Don't You Want Me or Do You Want Me? Don't You Want Me? I'm gonna get this wrong or, or I'm already way off. I'm, I'm almost certainly already way off, but I'm at least, I at least wanna say the bad guess correctly, ideally. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Don't You Want Me. Don't you want me? Do you want me? Doesn't you want me? Is you, is or is you ain't my baby? Uh, <laughs> is she yet wants me, yeah. Yeah, so you are thinking, of course, of the classic, uh, I was working as a waitress at a cocktail bar when I met you, uh, Don't Don't You Want Me by uh, Human League, a yes. fine fine song from, from the 80s. So uh, at least you're in the right uh, generation there. You are not correct, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, this is one of those partial lyrics, and I tried to say it as uh, atonally as possible, uh, so you don't catch the rhythm of the song here. You know, this artist's rhyme scheme always annoyed me. Um, as as quality a performer and and as fun as a lot of the songs are, 
every so often there were these rhymes that just didn't quite work. And this is another one of them where uh, the rhyme scheme is on the A and there's no rhyme on the B. So it's, hey, baby, do what you want. I'll be your night-loving thing. I'll be the freak that you taunt. And I don't care what you say. <laughs> thing and say. Rhymed thing with say. Uh, in, a, in another one of his songs, he, he rhymes on and coat. He is Michael Jackson. He can do whatever the heck he wants. This is Dirty Diana. Ow. Dirty Diana. All right. I, I'm not as familiar with the, the, the King of Pops back catalog, unfortunately, so I wasn't going to pull that, but uh, okay. He rhymes on with coat. <laughs> he had other skills. Perhaps rhyming wasn't one of them. Anyway, taking off my coat, <laughs> rolling up my sleeves. Sports is next. Uh, let's see. All I see left on the list here is four points. So four points for sports. Are you ready, sir? I sure am. Good luck. And here is your four point sports question. From 1942 through 1997, this school's men's basketball team was coached by Ray Meyer and then his son, Joey Meyer, making the final four twice. What team is this that I'm talking about? Currently looking for its first NCAA bid since 2004. Okay. So it's not Duke. It's not Duke. Yeah, I figured that one out. So I, I am a, I, I, I do I do very much enjoy college basketball. Obviously, having attended Duke University, proudly so. Um, the problem the problem with attending Duke University, uh, there's no problem attending Duke University. Wonderful place to go. But is that I have a very high standard for college basketball. So I tend not to spend a lot of time following teams that, that aren't regular sort of participants in the tournament. There's a, a couple options that come to mind. Um, DeSalle comes to mind as an option um, uh, as, a, as a team that has some history of basketball, but, but I, I don't recall seeing them in the tournament for a while. There's, uh, we, we mentioned Davidson earlier, but I know Davidson's been in the tournament more recently, uh, highlighted by, of course, Steph Curry, so not... Wouldn't be wouldn't be those teams. Um, the the Myers aren't particularly helpful. I can't think of any reference to the Myers, but they made the Final Four twice, which means that of course at one point in time before two thousand four they were a highly competitive team. I kind of think DeSalle was. I feel like there was some period of time when DeSalle was a contender. Um, I don't think they ever won the title, but I feel like they may have been one of those teams in the in the fifties and sixties that that was very good. So. Uh, because I can't really think of a better option for sort of a marginally good uh, uh, college basketball team starts with D, I will go with DeSalle. DeSalle is your answer. I think you fell into a trap here of conflating two schools. Oh, no! Yeah, uh, there's a LaSalle. Oh, LaSalle, and then something else. And something, well, something that would give it a D, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. You just, maybe you just threw a D on it. LaSalle, uh, one of the uh, Philadelphia schools, uh, the Explorers. Oh, you're absolutely right. Of course, of course, of course. No, that was just a, a moment of bad brain things. Anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the worst of us. Uh, so, so, yeah. Uh, I already submitted my answer, but I'm going to guess that at this point in time, what it's probably is like DePaul, which is probably what I was thinking of, or something along those lines. Anyway, go uh, ahead. Yeah, Ray Meyer was like this. When I started following college basketball in the mid to late 70s, he was ancient and uh, had, uh, you know, those 
those pools under his eyes, those huge bags that just said, I am old. You know, they, there weren't as many teams back then, but there weren't as many tournament spots. But uh, yeah, they would make the tournament uh, quite frequently and occasionally go deep into the tournament. I mean, back then you only had to win like four games, not six. So uh, I'm old. Have I mentioned? Uh, his son took over, had one or two good years, and then uh, not so much. The school... Uh, has not had a lot of success. They've kind of moved around uh, from major conference to major conference. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few three-win seasons from them recently. I, I think they're probably going to finish 500 this year if, if all goes well. Uh, and we are talking about your second uh, best answer. <laughs> <laughs> not the Los Alex Flores, but the DePaul Blue Demons. Yeah. And they're blue demons too. I always get mad at DePaul because they're they're a, a cheap knockoff of the Blue Devils. Uh, even though I'm sure that's not the actual origin of the team, it's definitely <laughs> DePaul. And you know, I was thinking of DePaul the entire time. I just was. You're absolutely right. Was conflating the name. Uh, that's going to haunt me. It may haunt you, but you know what? <laughs> you still got six points in that round. Again, not been shut out. Awesome. The, I'm going to add those six points to the ten you came in round three with, which gives you now a total of sixteen as we head into round four. Yeah. Clawing away. I'm just clawing away. Nothing. I don't like to brag or showboat. I just like to kind of keep on creeping forward. Clawing away like a demon that you are uh, and not a devil. (laughs) I'm a devil. I'm a devil, AJ. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. Well, round four is here. The highest scoring round of the game. Point value is increased to three, five, seven, and nine. Here are the categories we're using for today's round four. We're going to kick things off with potpourri. Move along to fungo. Follow it up with what comes next, and we are going to wrap up this kit and caboodle with television. But first things first, potpourri, three, five, seven, or nine. Uh, well, potpourri being uh, a, a very wide uh, set of options, I'll go somewhere uh, in the middle. I will go with um, oh, seven. Why not? All right. A seven-point potpourri question. Good luck. And here is that question. Founded during the Great Depression, this company's current product lines include Big Fun, Counterpunch, Orbit, and Roadrunner. What is this company? Big Fun, Counterpunch, Orbit, and Roadrunner. This is um, Orbit is a gum brand, but I don't think that's that's correct. Uh, these seem are they, are they gaming related? Certainly sounds like it's an option. Um, the name that comes to mind as far as gaming related is is Doubleday, which um, I know Abner Doubleday was sort of the the the, the fake inventor of baseball, but um, I, or, or nominal inventor. If it's a contentious story, as you, I'm sure you know, the Doubleday. I'm trying to place the name Doubleday in the in the sphere of like I want to say it's associated with like board games and things like that. Um, it's very likely I'm conflating this again, or I have sort of merged words or concepts. But I'm not. Can I think of any other ends to this? Uh, no, I, I, I unfortunately I can't think of any other sources for this. So I'm just gonna uh, double day is kind of old timey sounding. Found during the depression. That's sort of an old timey sounding name. So I'll go with uh, with double day and and uh, not sure where my brain generated that or if that's gonna be worth anything. Fair enough. Double day. Uh, fine name from my past as well, because the uh, Double Day, uh, the Double Days used to be co-owners of the Mets, and certainly were at the time when I was uh, with the organization. Uh, and uh, between you, me, and the lamppost, and uh, all my listeners, I liked the Double Days a lot more than I liked the Wilpons. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, only one of them still owns the team, and uh, you can do the math there. So, big fun, Counterpunch, Orbit, Roadrunner, a lot of imagery there. I'm not sure if anyone quite. Uh, encapsulates the uh, 
product in question, although they do do more than the one single product. This company is most well known for a game, like you say, a toy, a toy that's played round the world, a toy that walks the dog, if you will. These are yo-yos. Oh, it's Duncan. It is Duncan. Yes, indeed. You know, Duncan is the answer. I just bought my son his first yo-yo uh, like two weeks ago, and it was a Duncan. And I remember it said, like, it's not a Duncan, it's not a yo-yo. And I thought that was very pretentious. And so I put it out of my mind. It's actually, it's a bad yo-yo because it was the cheap, like, $4 grocery store one. I recognize that there's improvements in yo-yo technology since then. But I should have I should have gotten that one. Uh, perhaps you should get him a, a Roadrunner. <laughs> <laughs> I hear they're all the rage. <laughs> all right. Well, so three questions still to go. Three, five, or nine for Fungo. So I've, I've, I've enjoyed this Fungo category so far in the episodes I've listened to because it makes you think it'll be easier because there's three ins, um, and each of those clues is like five times harder, suggesting it's actually net less easy overall. <laughs> um, so I'm... <laughs> Ancient trade secrets. I'm blowing up your spot a little bit. I apologize. Uh, so I'm going to go with three for Fungo and not fall into your trap. <laughs> All right. Fungo are... Wonderful uh, description there from Seth. I'm going to give you three clues, all pointing to the same answer. All you gots to do is give me that answer. Good luck. Here is your fungo. Clue number one. New Orleans native who, along with Dave Bartholomew, co-wrote the first million-seller rock and roll record. Clue number two. 2005 action film starring Mickey Rourke, Lucy Liu, and Kira Knightley. I know it's Kira Knightley. I just like saying Kira Knightley. And clue number three. Chickenfoot, Muggins, and Sebastopol are popular variants. Okay, so um, there's, there's uh, Chickenfoot, Muggins, and Sebastopol. So, so none of these are really ringing clear. In theory, the 2005 action film should be the one that I can get because I was watching action films in 2005. That, that was sort of a, a time for me to do that. Then the, the, the first one was the, the name of the New Orleans native, right? So the, the, of who, who co-wrote the first rock and roll hit. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a name in theory, um, but it's also a word or something <laughs> plausibly <laughs> in that letters in some sort of sequence it's some sort of at least one and possibly multiple letters um give you a hint starts with d <laughs> you're very very nothing but generous this guy i mean i'm trying to think of d i mean Diane darko is not a action movie and it didn't start any of these people's we talked about all those zombie movies but those are not a name um diamond maybe um uh, Chickenfoot, Muggins, and Sebastopol. Sebastopol sounds vaguely familiar as a word I've heard before, and acknowledged was a weird word, but I couldn't, you know, say anything like that. Um, diamond feels like sort of a an in because it's both a name and a thing. Uh, I don't know if Diamond on its own is enough. I don't recall there being an action film called Diamond. It's Blood Diamond, but that was not an action film, and of course, it starts with B. You might argue correctly we talked about devils earlier is there a devil connection here devil dog De devil day no there's people tend not to be named devil that's we recall many many people named devil ah oh, this is uh you know i only put three points on this and feeling pretty good about that selection i'm just gonna go with diamond i don't think i have anything much better than that diamond is uh, your answer and certainly uh it's conceivable but neil diamond wrote 
<laughs> co-wrote the first million-selling rock and roll record. I mean, I don't know what he was doing in 1949. I doubt he was <laughs> actually doing this, nor nor do I think he's from New Orleans. But anyway, uh, so the first million-selling rock and roll record, you know, the definition of rock and roll, it's kind of iffy at that time. But generally speaking, uh, this record is considered rock and roll and the first one to sell a million it was a song called the fat man and on the success of the fat man oh it's fat's domino These the are poor domino. guy got saddled with fats from that point forward okay and domino i recall the movie now <sighs> fats domino movie is called domino and chickenfoot muggins and sebastopol are all different variants of a game you can play with dominoes oh that's that you know that was that was accessible, AJ. That was a well-crafted question, and I probably should have gotten that, but I did not. So, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that, that that there's gonna be a lot of people who are feeling very smug right now about their ability to get these questions when your guest is not. You know, a lot of people are are definitely going to say, uh, "I found my thrill do, 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 on Blueberry Hill." Uh, what comes next? You've got the five. You've got the nine. I'm gonna go with. Oh, I watch a lot of TV, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that that you you're in my wheelhouse for that one. I'll save the nine for that, and I'll go with five for what comes next. Five points for what comes next. Good luck, and here is your five point. What comes next? Clue. Showtime. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. I spy. What comes next? Okay, so I I have some sense of this. I believe that these these are all sort of bad Eddie Murphy movies. Um, I mean, they're they're they're. Uh, I, I don't. You, you don't have to edit. You don't have to edit. <laughs> I'm, uh, so so the the question then becomes, what was the the next one? And and these were of course well past uh, his his sort of prime for those movies that that were actually good. Um, and these ones kind of came out, if I'm remembering correctly, sort of in the perhaps late nineties and early two thousands. Um, I don't recall. So, so I remember that more recently he was in tower heist. That's sort of the last really prominent role I can remember him being in that of course is not a, a D movie. Uh, he wasn't in like, uh, Django Unchained, which of course is a good movie, but not that. That I don't think he had like a cameo appearance in that or anything like that. Uh, Eddie Murphy's kind of starring movies. These are like Eddie Murphy vehicles. It, it's there, there was there was a Clumps reboot, but that wouldn't be right. Uh, I don't believe. I think it was just called the Clumps. And, and then the professor was earlier. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm 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 struggling for this one. Was he in? See, this is I could I could think of an Eddie Murphy movie more effectively. It's the D that's killing me. It's his part set cueing. The I can't I can't think of any Eddie Murphy movie start with D unless it was uh was there something like like a Shrek reboot? Because he was Donkey in Shrek. I don't think Donkey had his own franchise or his own movie. Um, you know, Don- Donkey's Day Out or anything like that. Um that that's like the only D I can think of that's Eddie Murphy affiliated. Oh boy. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, Donkey's Day Out. I want that to be my answer of record because I I, I enjoy that in principle, and it's not it's not going to be correct. <laughs> okay, Donkey's Day Out. I wanted to hear you say it more than anything else. Yeah, uh, he's getting waffles, and he don't care who knows it. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, you you quickly uh, 
saw through the uh, not so uh, well-guarded uh, secret that these are Eddie Murphy films. I mean, uh, Pluto Nash is a very well-publicized disaster. In fact, these uh, three movies, uh, the first three in this list, all came out in the same calendar year of 2002 and helped Eddie Murphy to win a Razzie nomination. And they just said for all three, just (laughs) worst actor for all three. Um, Very, very, uh, yeah, not a lot there. Not a lot there. And so to put a little distance between that, the studio waited until uh, May of 2003 to release his next vehicle. Uh, a fine film in the tradition of Showtime, The Adventures of Pluto Nash and I Spy, where Eddie Murphy uh, stars with Steve Zahn and Jeff Garland as he attempts to uh, take care of young children. Oh, is that Daddy Daycare? It is Daddy Daycare. Oh, you know, I had totally forgotten he was in that, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, boy. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think the five points that you would have awarded me if I gotten that right would not have been worth the like two hours of my life or, or eight hours of my life I would have lost by watching any of these movies. I'm I, I'm happy to make that trade. Yeah, he did do Dreamgirls. I mean, that, that would have been know. yeah. Actually, Dreamgirls would have been a better answer. Uh, yeah, we, we were not at Dreamgirls level uh, no. at this point. No, 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 no. Uh, so uh, sorry, uh, not sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right, we we have hit a, a dry spell, as it were here. But there is one question left. Uh, yeah, haven't been shut out in a round yet. Hopefully, we can continue that streak while uh, simultaneously ending the six uh, six questions in a row uh, of wrong answer streak. Nine points. It'll be well worth the effort here. Stop keeping track of streaks. Nobody benefits from keeping track of these streaks. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, and there's a madman on the field. He's taking his clothes off. Oh, not that kind of streak. Anyway, television. Nine points. Are you ready, sir? No, but that's fine. Here we go. Uh, Whether rebuilding carburetors in under a minute, slinging beers for the boss, or creating a style all her own, what character was a television mainstay for the first half of the 1980s? So this is familiar to me, even though, again, these 80s shows are not something that I have as much of a, a frame of reference with. The idea, and it's possibly because this was stolen by some other thing, but the idea of rebuilding a carburetor like in a race, was there like, a, I think there may be like a Saved by the Bell plotline about that. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't that, because of course Saved by the Bell came, came markedly later. The, there's nothing here that I'm, I'm, I, I think if I actually had a, a there's, some, there's something definitely familiar about this and I can't quite place it. But uh, there's like a, a, I'm thinking of like a Donna. There's Donna in, in West Wing and Donna in uh, Parks and Recreation. I feel like there's another TV Donna of note. Um, I'm not sure I can get away with just Donna, but but we'll see. There's also um, Taxi would have been the 70s. So that wouldn't have been this time frame. I'm trying to think of who rebuilds carburetors or who had occasion to rebuild carburetors uh, or sling beers. Cheers might have been this time frame. Um, oh, you know, so there's there's Diane from Cheers, which was an 80s show. I don't I didn't watch a lot of Cheers. I know that Diane, of course, didn't make it to the, the latter half of the show. But uh, that, that is a D character from an 80s show. Um, and certainly slinging beers makes sense in the context of... I got nothing... I'm, I'm definitely not pulling anything better than this. So I'm going to go with, um, with Diane from Cheers. Diane from Cheers is your answer. Certainly, uh, she did sling beers for the boss. Uh, being, of course, uh, Ted Danson, a.k.a. Sam Malone. One could argue she created a style all her own in that Barston bar. I mean, you know, they were all 
louts who you know drank beer and she wanted to do, introduce poetry uh, readings uh i don't recall her ever rebuilding carburetors in under a minute however that yeah. was Seems like maybe a, a special episode of <laughs> maybe yeah maybe the alternate universe episode. Uh, no, uh, this is a character uh, who in one storyline entered a beauty contest and had no talent, so Miss Congeniality style decided to uh, showcase her skills as rebuilding carburetors under a minute. Uh, she liked working on cars. She lived her life in cars. Her whole family had cars. She also worked at a little place called the Boar's Nest, owned by Boss Hogg. Uh, she slung beers there. Don't know why he let her stay there, considering she was a member oh, of that no. hated family. Oh, no. And yes, the actress, Catherine Bach, actually oh. made all of her own costumes. They, oh, they kind of no. gave her free reign to just kind of cut, tuck, and paste. And, oh. well... I think by now you know the answer I, is... I, yeah, it's, it's Daisy Duke. I said it earlier. Yeah, oh, she no. she wore them Daisy Dukes uh, type of creating a style all her own. Oh, of course. Uh, her middle name was May, so if you tech technicality, Daisy May Duke, but of course I'm going to give you for Daisy Duke. Had you said it, you said it just about 17 questions ago. So. I said 10 questions ago. I said Daisy earlier. We talked about Duke repeatedly. There is like a million different ways I should have gotten this. This is pretty demoralizing, AJ. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, you know what they say, Seth, but Blue Devils in the details. So, yeah. uh, no, 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 no. No points in that round. Uh, it's not like it was the highest scoring round or anything, so no big deal. Uh, <laughs> highest scoring question in the highest scoring round. Yeah, no. yeah so we're going to add that zero to the uh, pile of points you had coming in. Uh, 16. Yeah, still at 16. But fear not. The game is not over. Oh, no. Not by a long shot. We still have one question left. It is time for the confidence question. Your last chance to try and improve your final score, Seth. Only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category, and you must, must wager between one and ten points. Get it right, and I will add it to your score quite happily even. But get it wrong, and not only, not only will you lose those precious points, but I am going to send you on a walking tour of DeSalle University. <laughs> I'm sure it's lovely this time of year. Yeah, and you can only return uh, once you've uh, encountered three drag queens and uh, <laughs> ask them to do a little dance for you while you dine on fish. As a contestant in the hot seat, you get to provide me with three options to choose from for the confidence question. I have selected one of your suggestions, so there is no reason for you not to feel extremely confident in a category. Simpsons circa the 1990s. <sighs> yeah, so no. I ask you, Seth, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you feeling at the moment? <laughs> the key being at the moment in Simpsons circa the 1990s. So I, I uh, obviously, because I presented this to you, I love the Simpsons and they're uh, watched it multiple times a day all throughout the 90s and, and much of the time afterwards. Uh, any good Simpsons fan knows the 90s were sort of the heyday of the Simpsons. So that's why I, I, I requested politely that little, that little qualifier. Um, I mean, I, I feel very confident, but I'm, I'm petrified of a single-digit outcome. That said, you don't, you, don't, uh, you, you don't win friends with salad, as they say. So um, I'm going to go ahead and, and wager 10 points and, uh, and see how this goes. All right. Good luck, sir. I am pulling for you. What character was originally going to be a woman, but at the last minute, due to a network scheduling tweak, 
change genders in the writing room? Oh, boy. Character was originally going to be a woman, but changed to a man during a last-minute scheduling tweak in the writer's room. So I'm assuming what happened was that the actor who was, who was going to play this character got sort of poached by another show or something along those lines. That would make, make some sense. Behind-the-scenes stuff is not exactly... Um, I, I feel like that's a, it's a little bit outside of my main core Simpsons knowledge, but that's okay. Well, the, uh, then let me interject here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I earned that. That's sort of the, the, the theme of the entire show. Okay, so, so the, the character was supposed to be a woman. Deputy, <laughs> the deputies. <laughs> you know, you'd think that because I, I thought of Simpsons as uh, an answer. I didn't know D would be my letter formally, although I had, a, I had a guess that it would be in this range. So I could have been like, oh, let me think of D answers to Simpsons. That would have been totally reasonable and, and not, not shady use of my knowledge base. But I didn't do that. All the, all the Simpsons male characters I'm thinking of are not Ds. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get this the, the moment you begin to introduce the answer. I, I feel like I'm batting a thousand on questions after you've like begun to tell me the answer, which isn't really worth anything, I recognize. It's my own, it's my own question, too. Or my own category, <laughs> too. <laughs> Hoisted in my own petard. That would be Star Trek. So it's, it's not one of the core characters or, or the, any of the immediate Simpson family members. Um, I don't believe it would be any of uh, the sort of classmates of Bart um, there was uh, several teachers, um, Ms. Hoover, that was, none of them are, are D. Of course, there are also women. Uh, Mr. Burns, Mr. Smithers, Lenny and Carl. These are not D characters. Possible it's a little bit further down on the, on the, on the hierarchy of, of, of Simpsons characters. Uh, or perhaps possible it's more of a kind of one-off situation. I, I, now now this, is, this is a little bit shameful because it's my category and I can't even think of a good D male character from Simpsons. That's not one of the, like, the deputies. That's not on my count. Uh, and it's none of the crusty uh, uh, or Sideshow Mel or Sideshow Bob. Mayor Quimby, Chief uh, Wiggum. There's actually not that many D characters in The Simpsons. Wow, that's a little surprising. I guess we established there's not many D D names in the, in the for, for for girls earlier. <laughs> yeah, the answer is Deleza. Deleza. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate you're going to probably shorten this this mulling around in in, in post because this is a little shameful. Uh, I'd like to think of a single male character with a D name or a D title. I think that would be enough for me to feel a little moral victory. Was there a David? I feel like there may have been a David. Ah, this is going to haunt me later on. But uh, AJ, I'm going to have to going to have to throw in the towel on this one. I got I got nothing on this. <laughs> Boy, could help you out by by laughing at you again. <laughs> uh, the writers of uh, the episode entitled Bart the Daredevil, when he attempts to uh, jump uh, Springfield Gorge on his skateboard. I remember. Yep. Yeah. Uh, written by Wallace Waladarski and Jake Hogan. Uh, they were good friends with a uh, cast member on Saturday Night Live, uh, Julia Sweeney. And uh, she had just gotten married, and her new name was Julia Hibbard. And they were going to name the doctor in this episode that was uh, debuting after her. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, Fox decided that they were going to move The Simpsons to opposite The Cosby Show. And so they saw, thought this would be a great opportunity to make fun of their new head-to-head competition with Bill Cosby's Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable, and they changed Julia to Julius, and Dr. Hibbard. Dr. Hibbard. That's really good. Now, 
the answer that we were looking for. <laughs> I didn't even think about the title so much, although I didn't think of Deputy. That's a really good. I sh I, I, I should have gotten Dr. Nick. That would have been a really good guess, although also inaccurate. Hi, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you see, now I've learned something very interesting about the history of The Simpsons, and for that I am grateful. Yeah, they, they, they decided to just go all in, and uh, he's basically Bill Cosby. That's why you always see him wearing sweaters at home. And uh, Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I haven't watched in the last 10 years, but I can't imagine what Dr. Hibbert is up to these days in the wake of oh, yeah. <laughs> new, new Cosby revelations. Farewell. No, I don't know. Oof. I cannot give you the points. I no, got to take them away. Stay off of break lawn. Grant, keep it away. Uh, so... 16 minus 10, hmm, six points. Yep. yep. Single digits, uh, still two better than Tristan. So, you know, you're, <laughs> you've got that at least. Uh, as much as the points don't matter, uh, the points don't matter. So I hope you had a good time. Is there I anything did. you'd like to, uh, to say? I did. Final, final words before I uh, kick you to the curb? No. You know, AJ, it's, a, it's always a treat. I feel like that my, my performance, I, I, um, when you solicited uh, uh, suggestions for um, uh, who might want to participate in the show, I, I posted a meme from Brokeback Mountain that said, I don't know how to quit you. And, and that's true. I really don't. Despite, despite you know, re repeatedly um, uh, struggling and failing and coming close to correct answers and, and looking the fool, I, I, will, I will continue to come back for as, as long as you'll have me. And you're totally within your rights to stop inviting me back at this point in time. I would, I would understand it. Um, but I, I always enjoy myself, and I and I learn. That's that's worth worth the price of admission by itself. Is I learn something. So so thank you for that. Ding, 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 ding. The more you know, indeed. Uh, please, no more by the next time. Get out of my hot seat, Seth. <laughs> always a pleasure to have you in the hot seat. Uh, it takes the village. It takes all kinds. It takes the winners. It takes the Seths. And uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening. And we will be back next week with another exciting episode. Eee, I can hardly wait. Uh, until then, take care and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. And if you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done.